Court starts now. Down. There's rules I love 
up to breaking Ben. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. And a good Friday morning, St. Louis. At all parts, northeast, south, and west. Kevin Slayton with you. We welcome you in. This is the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com, exclusively live on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Our podcast will be later in the day right here, also on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, any place you listen to podcasts. It's usually up within 30 minutes of the show ending at 9 o'clock Central Time. So you're welcome to listen in live or, of course, on podcast to a display of the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. Now, there aren't many places in this country that give you that anymore, sadly. We don't mean to stick out, but we do simply because we do it right. We do it honestly, and we give you the facts to back up anything we say with evidence. That's how you do it. Otherwise, you're just yapping. Now, sometimes yapping's okay. Opinions are good. If you've got a contrary opinion, feel free to call us, 636-538-0746, 636-538-0746. We'll have facts and evidence to back up what we say. If it's just our opinion, we'll let you know. But you won't hear that too often. Well, you'll hear it enough, I guess. But even then, it's it's got evidence, evidentiary backup. If I say Donald Trump's the only choice I would even consider voting for, that's my opinion, but it also has facts to back it up. The unbelievably extraordinary success he had as president versus the, what do you call this guy that's in the office now? The imposter? The loon? He's got so much company on the liberal side of the coin, though. So lunacy prevails over there. What a weird place to be. I will always be in favor always of secession in this country. Every red state should secede from the union, form our own country, and let the rest of those people sail off into the sunset. Their way is so effective, they believe, and they keep telling us, that their way will be successful. Well, then let them do their way. Why should we argue with them? And worse yet, why should we listen to them argue with us? Go do your own thing. But do not venture into our country because we'll have borders. You can keep all of these illegal aliens right there with you. You can tend to them. You can pay for them. But we're not paying for them anymore. That's the beauty of secession. And it's beautiful. It's the one thing that will save the United States of America. Now, the new United States of America will be a little smaller. Because we will rid ourselves of the poisonous, toxic states run by poisonous, toxic liberals. And we'll all be happier. Wouldn't you be happier if you woke up every day and I was here telling you of the great exploits of President Donald Trump in a country that has about, probably about 35 states? And I could also tell you the exploits of the liberal states who've seceded from us, who are failing miserably, who can't pay their bills, their people are angry, there's murder in the streets, mayhem everywhere. 
But not here, not in our United States. It, w- it wouldn't be that way. We would have law enforcement. They would have the full range of law enforcement tools to keep the peace and to stop the criminals from committing crimes, all kinds of crimes. Not just the heinous, violent crimes, although of which there are too, way too many in this country, but in our country there wouldn't be because they'd be dealt with. There'd be deterrence. No deterrence equals crime. Always has, always will. That will never change. That's an unyielding principle of mankind. If there's no deterrence, there will be criminal behavior. And it will keep getting worse and keep escalating so long as the lack of deterrence is still there. So let's secede and let's have a big red party. Can you imagine how wonderful that would feel? Why wouldn't we do it? Why aren't states getting together, governors of red states, and saying, you know what? Let's form our own country. We don't need this crap. Who needs MSNBC, CNN? We would shut them off from our country. Well, not shut them off. They could broadcast it because we'll allow free exchange of ideas, but we'll laugh at them. And we'll have a president. And they'll have a doddering old fool. They'll have no borders. They can have California. For that for that matter, give them Arizona. Screw Arizona. You want to vote for Biden? Go ahead. You got them. Now you also got all the illegal aliens. And don't any of them dare venture past the borders of Arizona and California. Because if they do, they'll be immediately arrested, jailed, and sent back to your pathetic liberal states. They're not staying here, not in the new United States of America. They're gone, just like Trump did. Deport them. Have them wait in Mexico for their hearings. That's how it's done. It's the only way you can control your own border. And we in the new United States of America would have our own borders. We wouldn't be like these liberal states. So they would never have to complain again about us sending illegals to their Warped sanctuary cities. Isn't it amazing how they claim this is liberal? This is liberalism at its highest level of hypocrisy. They claim we're sanctuary cities. Send us your illegals. These are people, after all. They love to they love to pontificate about that. The moment you send those people to them, they scream and yell and call you racist and every other name they can come up with. These frauds want you to think. Somehow they're welcoming to people when they're not. They want you to think that they embrace the black community. They do not. Liberals hate the black community. Hate it. Please understand that. It's a fact of life. And you got a guy in the White House who extremely detests black people. He's one of the all-time bigots in American history. And if you're black and you don't think he hates you, you're stupid. Of course, I could also say that about whites, Hispanics, Asians, Indians. He hates everyone that's not named Biden. Only Bidens get rich and wealthy when he's around. And as a friend of mine suggested to me, there are really no blue states. There's only blue cities. And you know what? That's true. We think of Illinois as a blue state, but think about it realistically. Is it? 
It's Chicago and the rest of Illinois. So I've always said that Illinois needs to split itself in two, just like North and South Dakota, North and South Carolina, New Mexico and Mexico. That last one's a joke for all you liberals who are too stupid to understand it. But why wouldn't it be a Northern Illinois and a Southern Illinois? By Southern Illinois, we mean anything south of Chicago, by the way. But why wouldn't Illinois demand a split? Demand it. It makes no sense. California, the entire southern part of California, uh, south of Los Angeles, is conservative. Other other areas of California are conservative. But Los Angeles and San Francisco, the two largest cities there, are freaked out liberals. You'll find that in most states that vote for liberals. It's the big cities. Michigan, for instance. You take Detroit out of Michigan, you got a conservative state. Take Minneapolis-St. Paul out of Minnesota, red state. It's all over the place. That sickness only lives like a festering illness in liberal cities that are urban-run and run by liberal leaders, quote-unquote. So it's time. It's time to secede and go on our merry way. As say, I say that as we embark on Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. This Sunday is your day. Don't make the mistake that the Slayton boys made back when we were young kids. And our mom was telling us, don't get me anything for Mother's Day. And she kept insisting on it, and so no one did. And she didn't like that result. My grandma called us and chastised us. We got in trouble. So don't do that. Don't make that mistake. Margaret Mary O'Connor Slayton did not like it. And your mom won't either. (laughs) I promise you. (laughs) Don't do it. See, look, I can talk Spanish. So happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers, all of the grandmothers, all of those people who think they're mothers, who love to mother their husbands, and some of the husbands like it, let's face it. Our phone lines are open, as always, 636-538-0746. Our good friends at Taco Bell, if you're hungry for breakfast, many of the locally owned and operated Taco Bells are serving breakfast right this very second. And they have that dollar crave menu and the $5 crave menu up and running always. Grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits is on that dollar crave menu. But they've got two AM crunch wraps under $3, a grande scrambler under $3. If you're hungry for more than breakfast, think in terms of that Mexican pizza. Yeah. Or maybe you want something more like the $5 crave menu offers, the double chalupa with two tacos in a box and a soft drink for $5. Taco Bell is always innovating. They're always bringing back some of your favorites, so you want to check the menu on a weekly basis at least once. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night, Taco Bell is strong at all points of the day. And here are the locally owned and operated locations for Taco Bells in our area. In Illinois, they're in Troy, DuCoin, the state capital, Springfield, Waterloo, Columbia, Jerseyville, 
in Illinois, or excuse me, in Missouri, they're in Chesterfield Valley, Jackson, Cape Girardeau. Those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations in our area. Getting hungry just thinking about it, right? Well, sure I am. It's Friday. Did I mention that it's Friday? I thought I did. By the way, did you see our research assistant just sent me a note that a Kansas City voted 11 to 1 in their city council to make the city a sanctuary city for gender-affirming care. (laughs) Kansas City. Wow, you liberal freaks. So we've got St. Louis and Kansas City, the two biggest cities in the state of Missouri, liberal freakouts. Thank God somehow the rest of Missouri has been able to overcome them and be the red state that it is. But how long can you overcome that when Kansas City and St. Louis are freaky liberal outposts? The insanity is rampant in both cities. Pretty soon, only liberal nutjobs will live in those cities. It's getting to be the case already in St. Louis. No one other than lunatics live there. And even the lunatics won out. We talked at length yesterday about the town hall that CNN uh, did with Donald Trump. Night before last on Wednesday night, Donald Trump stole the night. He owned the stage. He owned the moderator, Caitlin Collins, way too young to be on there, number one, and way too uninformed no matter how old she is. Arrogant, yes, she was that also. Somebody told her, hey, be tough. Okay, I'll act tough. Even though I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, I'll I'll act tough. That didn't go over well because Trump ate her up and spit her out. But that didn't stop her. Last night she hosted a primetime show on CNN, and she wanted to talk about last night. About last night, the 70 minutes that I spent on stage in New Hampshire with former President Donald Trump was a major inflection point in the Republican Party's search for its nominee and potentially the starting line for America's next presidential race. It's important to remember that he is right now the GOP frontrunner, a race that he is running, as noted, while being criminally indicted, found civilly liable, and under investigation for everything from his handling of classified documents to his business empire. Now let me ask Caitlin Collins a question. This is how liberal media people frame things so that they, they don't tell you the news, they tell you how to think. She wants you to know that Donald Trump is running for president while criminally indicted, found civilly liable, and being investigated. Now, Joe Biden is all of those things except criminally indicted, and that's only because the Department of Justice is covering for him. No Department of Justice has indicted Donald Trump, just some local prosecutor who's a lunatic. None of that stuff's going to go anywhere. She doesn't mention that either. But she would never describe Biden in that way. She would never describe Biden as running for president despite overwhelming evidence of corruption in the Biden crime syndicate from the top to the bottom, taking millions of dollars from foreign entities like China, who Biden is overly friendly with. Do you think she'd describe him that way? Do you think she'd say Biden is running for president despite a record number of illegal aliens pouring across our border, endangering the lives of Americans? Would she describe him that way? Would she say Joe Biden's running for president despite the fact that he murdered 13 U.S. braves, U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan, botched the entire 
evacuation plan left Americans behind and Afghan allies who wanted to get out and left billions of dollars in military equipment and secretive military equipment behind. Would she describe him like that? Would she say he's running for president despite the fact that he took 1.5% inflation and turned it into 8% before it shrank down to 5.5%? Would she describe him that way? Would she say Joe Biden's running for president despite gasoline prices going up from $1.80 a gallon to over $5 a gallon and $8 a gallon in some locales? Would she describe him like that? No, she wouldn't. Because liberals are at the very heart of their entire DNA, abjectly fraudulent, phony, full of shit. That's what a liberal is. And you can recognize it right away. Because if you ever get into a debate with them about anything, they'll call you a racist. So there's your tip-off point. They'll also not be able to explain anything that you ask them to explain. That won't happen either. They will never have an answer. As a friend of mine said yesterday, when he debates pro-choice people, he asked them two simple questions. Tell me that limbs are not torn off the baby's torso during an abortion. And number two, tell me that the baby does not feel pain, terror, or anything else during an abortion. Go ahead, say that. They don't even say it. They just run away. I wonder if Caitlin Collins would also describe Biden and say he's running for president despite the fact that his economic policies have ripped off Americans to the tune of trillions of dollars of their citizens' retirements. Your retirement plans are gone for the most part. Would she describe him that way? Would she describe Joe Biden as a complete and utter liar? He's running for president despite the fact that he has lied to you, the American people, Every single time he opens his mouth. Would she say that? Would she say that Joe Biden's running for president despite the fact that even though Republicans just yesterday passed a bill that codifies remain in Mexico that Donald Trump had in place, Biden's lying henchmen like the little black lesbian Karine Jean-Pierre trot out there and Alejandro Mayorkas and tell us all that it's Congress's fault they've never addressed immigration. Well, they just did. But would she tell you that? No. No. No, she'd never tell you that. Would she tell you that Biden's running for president despite the fact that he not only endorsed and embraced but sought a letter full of lies from 50-plus former intelligence officials, in order to get himself elected in 2020. Would she tell you that? No. No, she wouldn't. Would she tell you that Biden's running for office as president despite taking classified documents over decades, first as a senator, then as a vice president, and now as president? Actually, I won't say now as president because he has the right to declassify them. But would she tell you that? She said that Trump is running despite being under investigation for taking documents. Trump was the president. He can take anything he wants as long as he declassifies it. She won't tell you any of that. Because Caitlin Collins is a typical liberal reporter. She's full of crap. She's uninformed. She's at her very core stupid. 
but she thinks she's tough. About last night, she says, her little town hall that she spent 70 minutes, she said, instead of the allotted 90, she couldn't keep up with Trump, so she had to knock it off 20 minutes early. That's a typical liberal, too. Let's knock off work early. We don't want to put in a full day's work. Let's follow Biden's lead. Would she say that, by the way, that Joe Biden's running for president despite never having a full day schedule while serving as president? Knocking off about noon, napping the rest of the day, doing whatever else he does, take drugs to make him sound like he knows what he's talking about? She wouldn't tell you any of that. She'll never describe him like that. But she wants you to think that that town hall was the stopping point of Donald Trump. It's the beginning of the election because I'm so important. Well, no matter how they try to spin it, Donald Trump dominated her, dominated that event, even though the questions were designed to embarrass and harass him. And we're going to get into that line of questioning in a little bit here. But it set off Republican heads exploding everywhere throughout the country. Excuse me, not Republican, liberal heads. They were exploding. Rick Wilson, for instance. This is a guy who is a co-founder on the Lincoln Project. He's a complete lunatic, claims he's a Republican. But here's what he had to say about uh, the town hall meeting. While it was going on but was in a commercial break, he decided he would go on uh, Instagram because he's so important. He has a limited vocabulary, so let me warn you ahead of time if the children are listening. This foul-mouthed clown has a very limited vocabulary. But in the end, he admitted that Trump stole the show. We're in a break now from the presidential uh, town hall with CNN, Caitlin Collins. And whatever the fuck they thought they were going to get out of this, they instead have set a match to democracy once again. You are letting an insane person stand there and make people giggle and laugh when he jokes about rape. You make people giggle and laugh when he jokes about abortion, when he calls an African-American police officer a thug. This insanity should be pulled off the fucking air. Chris Lick, you should be ashamed of yourself. This is astoundingly bad for the brand of CNN. It's astoundingly bad for the country. And it's astoundingly bad, honestly, folks, for every other Republican candidate in the primaries. Wrap that shit up. It's done. You saw this tonight. You know you can't beat him on the stage. Everybody else, oars up. Time to go to work because he's going to be the nominee. This shit is unfucking believable. I've never seen anything like it. It is a disaster of the highest fucking degree. Well, he doesn't have many words in his vocabulary, does he, other than profane words. That's usually the tip-off on a guy who's really, really stupid. He thinks that when he says the F word often enough, not just once or twice, everybody can do that, I do it, but when his entire conversation is littered with the effort, he thinks that makes him a tough guy, makes him worth listening to. And what I get the biggest kick out of is the reaction by these liberals to Donald Trump because they always start with the same old talking points they have. He lied. He keeps lying. And yet they never identify a single lie. Isn't it ironic that liberals lie about someone else lying? I find that intriguing. For instance, this clown, Rick Wilson, just called Donald Trump insane because he joked about rape. Donald Trump didn't joke about rape. Didn't joke about rape at all. I don't even know if he mentioned rape. 
when Caitlin Collins brought up this E. Jean, whatever her name is, he said he's never even met her, that she's a whack job. That's not lying and joking about rape. That he joked about abortion? When did he joke about abortion? He said liberals are the radicals. Liberals want to kill babies at seven months, eight months, nine months after they're born. He's right, they do. That Governor McAuliffe or, the, or that, um, maybe it was the guy before him, I can't remember which, which lunatic in Virginia, said, hey, have the baby born. We'll determine in the next week or two if we should just kill it. Trump calls a black cop a thug. What's insane about that? Can't black cops be thugs just like white cops be thugs? This is a typical white, woke liberal who claims he's a Republican. That's the biggest joke. Who tries to bend over backwards. Oh, listen to me, black people. I said Donald Trump's bad for calling a black cop a thug. If the black cop's a thug, he's a thug. There's no getting around that. If the white cop's a thug, he's a thug. No getting around that. He calls out this guy named Chris Licht. Now, no one who's listening to people like Wilson know even know who Chris Licht is. He's the new head of CNN. So now they're, they're, they're turning on him immediately. And, of course, they always bring up, it's an end to democracy. That's one of their lovely talking points. They can't get off of that one. Anytime someone reacts like this, you know they've lost. You know they've lost. It's over. All of the questioning in that town hall was designed to not elicit anything moving forward except for people in the audience who asked legitimate questions, but not Caitlin Collins. Reed Gallen is an, or Galen is another one of these lunatic Lincoln Project founders. You know who else was on the Lincoln Project was George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's soon-to-be ex-husband. That little pompous ass who has never contributed anything to society. And neither has Reed Galen. He's equally petrified of Donald Trump. And yet, if you listen closely, Reed Galen thinks that town hall meeting has reelected Donald Trump as president. Is anyone surprised by what we saw tonight? If you are, you weren't watching the last eight years. Thanks again to CNN, who helped get us into this in 2016 and is now helping us get deeper into this in 2023. We knew what he would do. You knew what he would do. Caitlin Collins, I think, probably tried the best she could, given the circumstances. You put her out there to do something that was an impossibility. You filled the crowd with his sycophants. You filled the crowd with people who clapped when he said he would pardon the January 6th rioters and insurrectionists. Chris Licht, you will not sleep tonight, and I do not feel bad for you. Everything that we have been telling you not to do, you continue to do. So you and Mr. Zaslov, I want you to ask yourselves a question tomorrow. Do you want to live in a free country or don't you? Because maybe you can be the friendly media if and when Trump wins again. But you know what? I wouldn't count on it. This is about all of us, gang. Let's get to work and make sure that this man never, ever gets anywhere near the Oval Office again. Thanks, gang. He said, let's get to work, gang, and thanks, gang. Who says gang? (laughs) Hey, gang. Like he's got people around him. Like he's leading some coalition of voters. 
No one even knows who he is. I just gave him more publicity than he's ever gotten in his life, but I thought it was interesting and intriguing that these two liberals who call themselves Republicans have their heads exploding, admitting that Donald Trump stole the night. The setup was in, the fix was in, but Donald Trump turned the tables yet again. They can't stand it. We knew what he would do, he says. Yeah, I knew what he would do also. He told the truth. He talked about the successes that he had had, despite her trying to stop him from doing that. Yeah, he did that. Caitlin Collins was in an impossible situation, he said. She was? What was impossible about it? Ask legitimate questions. Actually interview the guest instead of making your own political comments. That's not her role. The audience laughed when he said he would pardon the January 6th insurrectionist, he said. First of all, he never said that. He said he would consider pardoning a lot of them, some of them who caused damage and were violent. He said he would not. But they won't tell you that. What is wrong with pardoning people that are wrongly jailed for walking around the state capitol, doing nothing wrong, at the invitation of the Washington Capitol Police? So pardoning those people is the wrong thing? What people like this dope Reed Galen should be saying is the Pelosi's and the Schumer's and the Biden's and the Merrick Garland's and the Christopher Ray's all should be in jail for doing this to American citizens who had done nothing wrong. But they don't find that problematic. They find it problematic that a guy actually wants to free them. They probably hated Abraham Lincoln. He wanted to free the slaves. He said, Chris Lick, the CNN head, won't sleep, you won't sleep tonight, despite you not doing what we've been telling you to do. That's the liberal way. Quick tip off that that guy's a liberal. I've been telling you what to do, and you won't do it. How dare you? You won't sleep tonight. Do you want to wake up in a free country? Someone explain to me how Donald Trump being president makes this not a free country. In fact... We're not living in a free country now. If you think I'm wrong, see January 6th. See the insurrectionists, the sentences of innocent people who've done nothing wrong. If you think you're living in a free country. If you think you're living in a free country, go into work today and just tell everybody you're a conservative, you're a Rep- you vote Republican, you love Donald Trump. See what happens to you. You might get fired. But if you thought you were living in a free country... Ask government workers, doctors, nurses, and others if they felt like they were living in a free country when they were forced to get an injection of an experimental drug because the government forced them to or lose their jobs. Is that a free country? I don't think so. So these people are fun to watch. Now, this is comedy. The liberals have killed comedy as we know it. We've seen that many times. Comedians can't be comedians anymore. My God, they'd be ostracized. So I get my comedy jollies from watching liberals' heads explode. I think it's fun. I enjoy it. I take great joy in watching it. Van Jones is another one. He lives in denial regarding Trump's performance the other night. I think if you're a Democrat watching that, you think, we've been criticizing and complaining about Biden? This is a horror show that we don't want a rerun of. And I think a lot of uh, Democrats were appalled by his behavior, him throwing Ukraine under the bus. 
uh, you know, I hope he gets sued again to, uh, this morning for, for libel and, and, and slander and everything else. He's being so horrible, uh, you know, toward uh, the, the people who have been uh, on the other side of his legal cases. Does anybody know what that moron was even talking about? Throwing Ukraine under the bus. What do you mean throwing Ukraine under the bus? He said he would end the war in 24 hours. I don't think that's throwing anybody under the bus. I think that's saving a lot of lives, Ukrainian lives and Russian lives, as Trump said. He was tired of seeing them die. But in Van Jones's demented world, that's throwing Ukraine under the bus. He hopes he gets sued, he said. Imagine, now these are supposed to be commentators, but they're not. They're cheerleaders against Donald Trump. They they root for things bad to happen to Donald Trump. And if they can contribute to bad things happening to him, all the more happy they are, all the happier they are. He wants Donald Trump to be sued by some unnamed people that Donald Trump supposedly talked mean about. He was so horrible to them, he said. Horrible. Because he called this E. Jean Carroll a whack job? She is a whack job. Do you understand that she named her cat Vagina? That's right. She has a pet cat, and she named it Vagina. Her husband's black. She's white. She refers to him as Ape. This is the woman who sued Donald Trump and with a Clinton-appointed judge got a verdict, a civil verdict, against President Trump. Yep, that really happened in America. And these people think it's wonderful. E. Jean Carroll is also the person who tweeted out a link, how to sue your boss for sexual harassment. And Trump has to pay her money? He will appeal that till the day he dies. I'll guarantee it. So Van Jones, that's who Donald Trump talks. So horrible. Oh, he's so horrible. <laughs> so horrible. By the way, he wasn't horrible. If he were horrible, it's not a crime. Do you understand that? You buffoon, you single-digit IQ moron. Do you know what a crime is? But, of course, we know you worked for Obama. That should be a crime. You should be brought up on charges for that because that's treasonous. Now, the media is always fun. You've got Scarborough, Bahor. Sandy Cortez, you've got the idiot, the absolute idiot, Houston Houston. But here they all are reacting to the town hall victory of Donald Trump. They just can't stand it. I just don't really understand why they didn't just cut him off. What I didn't know was that the audience would be filled with his cult. <laughs> I would like to know if CNN was passing out Kool-Aid before the event started. I think it was a profoundly irresponsible decision. There is no sense in fact-checking or replaying the highlights. I'm sure you're going to have more uh, fact-checks for us because there were more lies than I could count. I think we needed a Chiron. This is a lie. This is a lie. This is a lie. This is a lie. The last one was Hostin Houston. Prior to that, Tapper talking about lies. More lies than Tapper could count. Hostin Houston says, we needed a Chiron that said, this is a lie, this is a lie, this is a lie. Neither one of them bothered to name a single lie that they claimed Donald Trump told. Now, if he lied so many times that Tapper couldn't keep count, you'd think he would have identified some of them. If he lied every time he spoke as Hostin Houston says he did, 
Could, shouldn't she say they should have had a Chiron that said this is a lie, this particular statement is a lie? But she didn't because he didn't lie. That's why. They know it, but they've got their talking points. Remember the, 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 the whole thing in 2016. Donald Trump's told 10,000 lies. I had a lot of fun toying with Bob Costas, the liberal, on, t- on a text re- exchange regarding that. He, he told me, he told 10,000 lies. I said, can you name five? I said, Bob, if he's told 10,000, as you claim, you should be able to name five. And he dismissed it. He says, you're not offering anything compelling for me. Oh, I'm sorry, you're so freaking intelligent. This is a guy who's so involved with himself, who thinks he's an intellectual superior to everyone, and he's actually intellectually superior to no one that I know. Everybody I know is smarter than Bob Costas. But he thinks he's smarter than everyone on earth. And yet when challenged to make his point, make his case, he runs like a little New York coward, which is exactly what he is. He's a coward. He's now become brazen in his liberalism, appearing on CNN as a contributor. Contributor to what? Making things up? Because Costas is good at making things up. But he's not good at backing them up. He's really bad at that. But so are all the liberals, and you just heard some of them. Joe Scarbo said, I can't believe they didn't cut him off. Cut him off? This is the liberal. These people never do quite get why conservatives look at them as censors, killers of freedom of speech. We don't like what he's saying. I can't believe they didn't cut him off. (laughs) But let's not cut Biden off every time he lies. And I don't want him to be cut off. I'm in favor of freedom of speech. I want Biden out there front and center to lie every single time he speaks. He actually does. And we've identified the lies here for you. Repeatedly, over and over again. It's fascinating to me that the liberals can never identify a lie that Donald Trump supposedly told. I don't know that he's lied in his life. I'm sure he has. Everybody has. But they never identify a single lie that they're so upset about. Kellyanne Conway, what did you learn from watching that town hall? The people who never stopped to learn the 74 million Trump voters haven't stopped to learn Donald Trump. They still don't know how to beat him, how to outrun him. I think the level of disrespect, always interrogating, insulting, rather than looking for insights. But she wasn't clever or nimble last night. These were predictable questions. We didn't learn anything new from the questions because they didn't ask anything new. This was to try to nail him much the way they did in 2016 when he was running. She didn't ask anything new. And in a sense, they did cut him off, Joe Scarborough, you stupid ass. It was supposed to go 90 minutes and it went 70 minutes. So they did cut him off when it gets right down to it. That line of questioning that Kellyanne just referred to, here's a sample of the questions that Caitlin Collins had for President Trump. Do you have any regrets about your actions on January 6th? Manhattan jury found that you sexually abused the writer E. Jean Carroll and defamed her. You've denied this. But what do you say to voters who say it disqualifies you from being president? Well, there was a tape deposition of you from October in it. You defended the comments that you made on that Excess Hollywood tape about being able to grab women how you want. Do you stand by those comments? 
Some of your Republican rivals have criticized you for not fulfilling the promises that you made on the campaign trail, like finishing the border wall. So how do voters know that you would get those done if you're reelected? Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? The special counsel's investigation into classified documents that were sure. found at Mar-a-Lago. Why did you take those documents with you when you left the White I House? I had every right to. Listen to those questions. The Access Hollywood tape. The Access Hollywood tape. Are you shitting me? That was a question? Some of your Republican colleagues are critical of you not fulfilling campaign promises like, you didn't finish the border wall. The border wall had the funding to be finished. You can't create something in a record time and have it do the job you want it to do. That wall was being completed when Donald Trump was pushed out of office. What happened? The billions of dollars set aside for it were taken away by Biden and construction stopped. The wall was already paid for. So he did finish the wall. He finished getting the financing for it. So if I buy a new home and I get the, I'm building it, if I get the financing for it and they start to build it, how can you say I haven't completed building my house? Everything's in order for it to be built. If you check back with me in a month, two months, three months, It'll be built, physically built, but it's already done. Once they start building, it's done. Now, not one of those questions was designed to lead to any kind of civil discourse about the issues that plague this country. Not one of them. You'll notice there was not a question in there about how he would cure inflation, how he would fix the high crime, violent crime rates in these cities, Gas prices, supply chain, taxes, border problems. None of that was even mentioned. You don't have to be a journalist. You don't have to be trained in journalism, as she is not, clearly not. To know that when you're interviewing a presidential candidate, in fact, the guy who is hands down going to be the Republican nominee, a former president who has a great chance of being reelected, you don't have to be a genius to know that inflation, border problems, crime, gas prices, supply chain taxes are all questions that the voters would like to hear his answer to. They want to know, what are you going to do differently than the asshat is doing? Now, Trump's answer to each one of those would be exactly as I did before, if he were smart. Because we didn't have inflation. We had 1.5%, which is virtually nothing according to economic experts. We didn't have the high violent crime in the cities. Some of the cities we did, but not. it wasn't like it is now. We didn't have high gas prices. In fact, they were at all-time lows just about in the last 25 years. Supply chain issues, zero. We lowered taxes. He, he did, not we. He lowered taxes for me and you. Didn't raise them as Biden has done. We had no border crisis as we do now. So where were those questions? This is what happens when you have someone trying to ambush somebody. The problem for Caitlin Collins is not that she didn't do her job properly because that was what she was instructed to do. Ambush him. Try to make him look bad. Don't ask him anything that his answer is going to make him look like the successful president that he was. Stay away from all of his success. Ask embarrassing questions. Make them embarrassing even if they're not. 
So she did her job. She was just tangling with a guy that's so vastly intellectually superior to her that it's not even funny. Now, I'm not saying that takes much. It's probably not a high compliment for President Trump to be smarter than that chick. I'm sorry. I meant broad. It's not that difficult to be smarter than her. It's not that difficult to be smarter than media people, period. Single-digit IQ people are smarter than most media people. And that's just a fact. You've got some woman, E. Jean Carroll, who says that all women fantasize about being raped. Who fantasizes about being raped? Instead, she tried to make E. Jean Carroll out to be some sort of heroine. Woman who calls her cat vagina, calls her black husband ape, tweets out how to get a sexual abuse lawsuit against your boss. She made that woman sound heroic. A victim. Not one legitimate question about what we care about as Americans or as voters. Now, Van Jones, no genius he, decided that Donald Trump is a tricky guy, and we better be careful because he's tricking us. We've got to be careful here now because uh, Trump has a particular trick that he uses with nostalgia. Uh, The whole Make America Great Again is about there was this era that was wonderful. It was the 1950s, and I'm going to bring you back there. He's now using nostalgia about the Trump administration. Just a few years ago, everything was perfect. So he's trying to own both the nostalgic past and a future he can bring you to, which leaves Biden potentially stuck with the president and no place to go. And so if you're a Democrat, don't just get thrown off by the emotions here. He's got a rhetorical strategy. We've got to figure out a way to take that narrative away from him. The Trump years were not perfect. They, by far, they were not perfect, even before COVID. So you begin to see how you're going to have to fight this guy in the general. But I think this guy is almost unstoppable for the nomination. We've got to find a way, he said. We. Are you supposedly a journalist or are you a campaign worker for Joe Biden? Which are you? We've got to find a way to stop him. He's nostalgic. He's tricking us with nostalgia. Make America great again, he said. Like it's, he wants it to be the 1950s. Donald Trump has never, ever compared what he wants for this country today to the 1950s. Again, another lie made up by the lying party. That's all they do is lie. Never said anything of the sort. The Trump years weren't perfect. Did anyone ever say they were perfect? They'll never be perfect. Why don't you admit the truth, though? Rather than say the Trump years weren't perfect, which everyone knows, but you're trying to to say it in order to make it look like it was bad, why don't you say the Trump years were more successful than any president in 50 years? Why don't you say that? Because that's the truth. That's why you wouldn't say that. But Donald Trump's tricking him. Ooh, I didn't know that Make America Great Again was some sort of trick. But Van Jones says it's a trick. Don't be tricked by this as we try to get him beaten in the election. He's done with the with the Republicans now. They've all conceded that to him. And you know why they're melting down? Because they know he's going to win the general election, and they can't stand it. They're mad because they didn't want him to dominate. You, know, you notice none of these people that you've heard from here this morning were complaining about CNN's town hall with Donald Trump before the town hall. 
But after Trump destroyed the woman and made his case in a calm, organized fashion, they went nuts. And they went nuts because he was making it to a liberal audience. All the people watching CNN are liberals. So they're all watching. They wanted to see their arch enemy get eaten up and defeated. We'll put him down once and for all. We'll have a town hall meeting on CNN. We'll trot out this pretty little girl and she'll ask these stupid ass questions. And that'll be the end of Donald Trump. That was their thinking. But as he always does, he befuddles them. It's not hard, but he does. And he did. And they don't know what to do, so they explode with more stupidity because they're stupid people. In one instance, Caitlin Collins thought that she really had Trump on the January 6th issue. Of course, why she was bringing that up is beyond any of us. It has nothing to do with the next election. Nothing. But instead of inflation, she wanted to know if he had any regrets over January 6th that his involvement you said you weren't very involved that day. You did tell your supporters to come to Washington. You tweeted about it, about sure, that speech that happened on the rally. Am I so allowed when to they, say that? When they went to the Capitol and they were breaking into the Capitol, smashing windows, injuring police officers, why did you? Why did it take you three hours to tell them to go home? I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. So, so if you look at... On January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Stay peaceful. This was the day before, and this was in the form of Twitter. And on the day of, so that was the day before, that maybe Caitlin Collins, was was she alive? Was she born on January 6th a few years ago? Is she too young to even be around? Because she's so far in over her head that she has no idea what she's talking about. So that was the day before. And if we all recall the day of, remember, the day of, here's what President Trump said to the protesters at the end of his speech. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today we will... See whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. So on two different occasions, prior, the day before, the day prior, and the day of, Trump was preaching peace. She thought she had him somehow. That's what happens when you're not very bright. Trump embarrassed her regarding these documents and these boxes that Biden took as well. Why is it that Biden had nine boxes in Chinatown and he gets a lot of money from China? Why is that? And there why, no why aren't that people, no, you, you know, why aren't there people bringing no that up? I need to stop you right there because there's no evidence of what you just said there. What you're referring to there is an office that he had no, no. after leaving the, the vice presidency. Well, he, had, he had a temporary office. But I want to ask you about another investigation you're so that you're wrong. facing. You don't know the subject. I do know the subject. He had one at the University facts, of Pennsylvania, but he also had nine boxes in Chinatown. <laughs> he also had nine boxes uh, at his ex-personal attorney's office. She knows nothing. I'm going to stop you there, she says, because he's telling the truth again, so you want to cut him off. 
So Scarborough, you got your wish. They did try to cut him off. The problem was you can't cut him off when he's putting you in your place. These are the same people that went ballistic when he won in 2016, and they're reacting the same way now. Then you've got this whack-job lunatic, Jessica Tarlov, who's on The Five on Fox. She's so ill-informed. She's just like Caitlin Collins. And neither one of them can get their facts right. Tarlov decided that she would smear the president by calling him an unbelievable liar. There was such an incredible cascade of lies flowing out of his mouth from the border wall. He said, you know, I, I secured the whole thing. It's 1,900 miles long. He did 52 new miles. The documents, Obama took documents, didn't happen. Joe Biden didn't comply. Joe Biden did comply. Perfect phone calls with Brad Raffensperger and with Zelensky. Um, that Democrats support infanticide. And Caitlin Collins let that one go, and I thought that that was a major losing moment for her because if you want to make the Dobbs decision a focal point, which it absolutely will be in this election, and you hear the former president say that Democrats support abortion up till nine months, even after the baby's born, uh, complete uh, dereliction of duty. And on the day after he gets uh, a ruling that he sexually abused and defamed E. Jean Carroll, and he calls her a whack job, and the audience is laughing, it was, A, just appalling. It was just appalling. It was appalling. What, was it a lie? She is a whack job. This cascade of lies that she claimed, Donald Trump told, and then she said he claims he's built hundreds of miles of the wall, but only 52 miles. Really? Let's do a little fact check, Jessica Tarlov, you Russian double agent. Trump's administration built 458 additional miles of the border wall system before Biden stopped it. That's not 52 miles. That's 458 miles. So when Trump says he built hundreds of miles of wall, he's telling the truth. The liar, Jessica Tarlov, the cascade of lies is coming from your lying commie mouth. Because that's what you are. Your name is Tarlov, isn't it? You Russian double agent. Let's break it down even further since she doesn't do her homework. 226 of the miles were along the border in Arizona. A hundred more in both the border patrol sector near Yuma and in the sector near Tucson. A hundred miles constructed in New Mexico. 55 miles in Texas along the Rio Grande by El Paso and by Laredo in the Rio Grande Valley. 77 miles in California. So all of these stretches of new of new wall, every one of them that I just mentioned exceeded the 52 total miles that Jessica Tarlov claimed the president built. Here's the liar. It's you. He accused Democrats of infanticide. Um, again, true, not a lie. When you want to kill unborn babies... What are babies? They're infants. What is killing all of them? Like King Herod tried to do when he realized Jesus had been born. It's infanticide. That's what it is. Thank you for pointing it out, Tarlov. Fox should be further embarrassed. If you want to have a liberal on that show, have one that at least knows what the F they're talking about. Harold, what's his name? A former Tennessee congressman is a liberal. He's on there sometimes. He's much more effective for the liberal cause than she is. He knows not to be a complete buffoon and make up stuff. She doesn't.
Tarlov is nothing but a paid political liberal hack who knows absolutely nothing. And not only does she not know anything, she adopts the liberal philosophy of calling someone else a liar about her own lies. She lied when she said 52 miles of the wall. He wasn't lying when he said he built hundreds of miles. She was the liar. Again, as soon as they start talking about Donald Trump lying, have a little siren that goes off in your head saying, nope, he's not, she is, he is. Whoever's saying it is the liar. They've yet to identify a single lie. Everything she said was a lie. Everything. From the wall to infanticide to somehow calling E. Jean Carroll, the woman who names her cat vagina, calls her black husband ape, tweets out a way to sexually uh, uh, to sue your boss for sexual assault. When Trump calls that person a whack job, what would you call it? Do you know anyone who names their pet vagina or calls their black husband or wife ape? I don't. And if I did, you know what I'd think? You're an effing whack job. She is a whack job. Stephanie Rule, who's now stepped up to the uh, MSNBC microphone to try to, I guess, double down on stupidity that Joy Reid spews out every day. Jamie Raskin, one of our favorite liars from the Democrat Party. And Nicole Wallace, one of the all-time dumb boobs. Here's their take on the town hall meeting. Truly stomach-turning. The hurricane of lies is almost difficult to annotate. It was a shameful and disgraceful thing to see, but I think that he is running on an explicitly authoritarian program. The thing that gave me an actual like feeling like I'd been punched in the stomach were the reports of the crowd. The treatment of the moderator by Trump was in every classical description. We don't really often apply it to politics. Abusive. The treatment was abusive. He was abusive to the moderator. That's Nicole Wallace. Do you know anything? Are, how, how did you get so damn dumb? And the treatment of the moderator was abusive. Again, again, you would love to have someone say to them, can you name one example of Trump being abusive to the moderator? He answered truthfully what was asked. He also forced her to accept things that he talked about that he had succeeded at because she would never ask him about it. And when she got smart ass, he said, you're a nasty person. Who's the abusive one, her or Donald Trump? I think Nicole Wallace was abused at some point in her life because you couldn't end up this brain dead. You couldn't unless something tragic had happened to you. So I'm going to start praying for you, Nicole Wallace, because I think the level of stupidity that you're at had to have been caused by some earth-shattering moment in your life. You can't just be that stupid on your own. It's impossible. Harold Ford Jr. was the guy I was trying to think of on the on the five. She didn't ask Donald Trump about the GDP when he was president either, did she? She didn't ask him about the proper way to increase revenues into the system, and that's by a lot, a lot more tax money coming in, but not at the expense of us, the everyday working citizen, but tax money coming in because of productivity. When companies produce more and make more, they pay more taxes. 
That's never been the Democrat way, though. The Democrat way is tax you and spend your money. Scarborough was so disenchanted and so disappointed, he said it was disgraceful and chilling. It was disgraceful on every level. And what I saw last night, at least, was as chilling as anything I've seen on television since January the 6th. (laughs) Okay. It was chilling. Anybody else felt like it was chilling? You know what chilling to me is? Chilling to me is watching an illiterate, dementia-riddled buffoon get up there and lie time after time. And that is when he can actually speak a coherent sentence. That's chilling to me, that the rest of the world sees this and we're about to be slaughtered, whether it's physically by someone's army or intellectually by stealing stuff or, worse yet, financially. That's chilling to me. That doesn't chill the liberals, though, because they've already pocketed their money. We don't often hear from Keith Olbermann on the show because he's such a jackass. But again, when I when I reach for comedy, I listen to people like Keith Olbermann. Now, this lunatic, after watching the town hall, decided he, he wanted to demand everyone's resignation and that everyone sue everybody else. It was the Hindenburg disaster of TV news. CNN must fire its CEO, Chris Licht, for an abomination unprecedented in American television history last night. Its new owners must sell the network whose brand they irreparably destroyed last night. E. Jean Carroll needs to sue Trump again for the new defamatory comments he made about her last night. And moderator Caitlin Collins needs to sue her agent for ending her career last night. Most importantly, all mainstream American news organizations must now look solemnly and unflinchingly inwards to understand that if you simply assume as CNN did, that if you apply merely the textbook journalism rules to a candidate who will utter any lie, slander any person, manipulate any fear, and betray any part of democracy, you will inherit the wind and destroy that democracy. Manipulate fear. (laughs) What did Trump say that scared you the other night? He said that he will end the war in Ukraine in 24 hours. That didn't scare me. He said he would drill, baby, drill. That didn't scare me because I knew right away my gas prices were going down. He said he would return us to energy independence. That didn't scare me. He said he would lower taxes again. That didn't scare me. He would hold China accountable. That didn't scare me. What was scary, Keith Olbermann? Manipulate fear. So let's keep track here. Who did he want sued? He wants... E. Jean Carroll to sue Trump. He wants Caitlin Collins to sue her agent. He demands the owners of CNN should sell CNN because they've destroyed the network's reputation. Can you imagine that comment? The, the CEO should be fired at CNN because of allowing the greatest abomination in television history. Really? You used to be on television, Olbermann. Every time I saw you, I thought it was the greatest abomination in television history. Didn't matter if you were at ESPN or NBC. Every time you spoke, it was the greatest abomination in television history. In fact, your little buddy, Costas, you fellow liberals, told me one time that you go so far off the deep end, it has no credibility. That's your liberal buddy talking about your lunacy. 
That's how lunatic-stricken Oberman is. Fire everybody. This is th- That was the liberal mantra to a T, wasn't it? I disagree with you, so you're all fired. And by the way, I disagree with you, CNN, so you need to sell your network. And I disagree with you, uh, Caitlin Collins. Your agent needs to be sued by you for ruining your career. <laughs> I would say to that, at least she has a career. Fire everybody, sue everybody. Why? Because they disagree with me, Keith Olbermann. The liberal mantra. Here's a question that one of these reporters asked in the audience, and it's a classic answer from a guy who was so much more prepared than the questioner was. Once again, the questioner, a liberal, thinking he's going to get this guy because they, they wanted to, to portray Trump as a person who just talked about the 2020 election. Does it bother you that he keeps talking about 2020 and not 2024? I'll ask you first. This is Jonathan Leslie. He's 40, Republican, voted for Trump twice. How do you feel about those lies? So I feel like part of it's also the media narrative as you guys asked him the first question at the town hall about the 2020 election rather than current stuff. So don't you think he could say it's time for me to start talking about 2024 and not lies that aren't true? Couldn't the media ask him a question about 2024? Well, there were questions, but you're right. That was the first thing, but that's something that was on our mind. And that's why I was asked first. <laughs> what did you think about his lies? Well, well that's true, but, but what about his lies? Well, could you have asked something other than 2020? Well, I guess that's true, but it was on our mind. It's on your mind because you're a freaky liberal. It wasn't on anybody else's mind. I don't know that Trump would have talked about it on his own. He might have. He needs to stop. But when they mentioned it, if I were him, I would have said, we all know it was rigged. That's it. I'm not talking about it anymore. Let's talk about 2024 when I'm president. Here's what I'm going to do. And then I would have started rattling things off. I wouldn't have even waited for her. Trump's lesson to be learned is never allow them to control the debate with their questions. Answer whatever you want to answer and do it right off the top. You don't have to wait for their questions. Because their questions are never going to be designed to help you give some honest answers about policy. Never. Isn't that beautiful, though? That guy took that reporter apart. Well, what did you think of his lies? Well, which lie are you referring to? Because you'd never, you'd never identify one. And, of course, I loved it when Collins asked Trump if the verdict will hurt him with the, the verdict in the civil suit with E. Jean Carroll will hurt him with women voters. This was a jury of nine people who found right. you liable of sexual abuse. Do you think that, that that will deter women from voting for you? No, I don't think so, because I think the whole thing, just so you understand, ready? I never met this woman. I never saw this woman. Just so you understand, ready? I never met this woman. Now, she asked him that question, thinking it will damage him, except that the polls, the poll numbers went up after that verdict. They went up. So apparently it isn't hurting him. In fact, it's not hurting him at all. Now, CNN didn't stop at getting trounced by Donald Trump. They decided to invite Byron Donalds on, the congressman from Florida, last night, and he just finished stepping all over them. Everything that was just talked about is not on the minds of independent voters in America, they are focused on the things that are affecting their families, 
First and foremost, has my child actually caught up from being locked out of schools for two years? Is fentanyl, which is a major issue in so many communities around our country, is the, the president going to do the job of securing our border and stopping the drug cartels from having, having operational control of our southern border? Are we going to maintain the dollar as the world's reserve currency while China's trying to negotiate around the United States? Inflation, yes, the, the year-over-year number is trending down, but the impact of inflation on the American family has completely devalued their wages over the last two years. Those are the things that really matter to Americans. Bingo. But none of those things were asked. And then Byron Donalds told this CNN panel that he was on with, exactly what town halls were for and what Caitlin Collins kept doing to President Trump and then sat and watched while that panel did the same thing to him. Town halls are for the voters, not for the press, not for the person who's the moderator. Caitlin spent more time interjecting her own viewpoints or her own look, views on a situation. Yeah, the, the, those are actually facts. Now, are you, hold on, are you guys not going to interject your well, views over here? Do I get a chance to speak right, now? If you want to talk about inflation, the border, fentanyl, the debt ceiling, foreign policy. Carpe diem, Congressman Donalds. Spectacular stuff. That was dynamite. And after all of this embarrassing stuff for Biden, despite the fact that his Nazi Department of Justice went and grabbed George Santos off the street and arrested him to try to distract you from all of Biden's corrupt activities, Biden's campaign released this ad with a bunch of these liberal hacks like Elizabeth Warren and others, listen to this lame crap. I'm on Team Biden-Harris. I'm on Team Biden-Harris. Joe Biden rocks. Re-electing President Biden is a BFT. Joe Biden? Oh, he's ready. <laughs> Joe Biden rocks. Re-electing Joe Biden is a BFD. That was the governor of Connecticut. Joe Biden rocks was the governor of New Jersey. Oh, Joe Biden, he's ready. Ready for what? Rocks? How do you look at that decrepit old man struggling to answer what day it is and say he rocks? He's ready. I'm on Team Biden-Harris. Okay, Pocahontas. We're happy to hear that. (laughs) Notice again the theme of liberalism. Not one mention of why you should be on Team Biden-Harris, just I'm on Team Biden-Harris. Okay, so Pocahontas is, that means I better be. And I didn't think Joe Biden rocked until Governor Smith of New Jersey just told me that he rocked. He's rocking and he's ready, according to these hacks. But none of them tell you why you should vote for him. None of them tell you about his supposed accomplishments, because there aren't any. Well, they're accomplishments, but they're all negative. All they say is, I'm on Team Biden-Harris and Joe rocks. What a scintillating television ad. I wonder how much that cost. It certainly couldn't have cost much to produce it. They're creative, those Democrats, aren't they? So CNN's coverage of the James Comer news conference amounted to this. James Comer offering new details to bolster his claims that members of Joe Biden's family, including his son Hunter, received millions of dollars in payments from foreign entities in China and Romania. 
But so far, Republicans have failed to unearth any payments to Joe Biden while he was vice president or after leaving office. And their report today does not suggest illegality in the payments from foreign sources. (laughs) How do they write this stuff? Honestly, how do you say those words? First of all, everything that was pointed out through bank records, through shell corporations, all of it, not suggest, points out illegality. It also all points out the connection to Joe Biden, that without Joe Biden in the midst of all of these shell corporations and his name, none of this money would have been flowing from foreign entities through shell corporations into Biden bank accounts, including a grandchild. Does it not surprise CNN in any way, shape, or form that a grandchild of a president is getting money from China? That doesn't arouse your curiosity? That doesn't point you to Joe Biden as the guy who's facilitating all this money into his family? Why else would China be paying his grandson money? Because they're like grandkids? They're, They're incredible. The FBI and the Department of Justice let the noon document yet, or the noon deadline yesterday pass when they were subpoenaed for a document. The one that the whistleblower says definitively points out Biden taking cash for political favors from different countries. Biden himself, not a member of his family. And, of course, the FBI stonewalling and hiding that document. James Comer, do you know what the document says and do you know it exists? Uh, We know that this document exists. The FBI knows we know the, uh, the document exists. And instead of answering that simple question as to whether or not they have investigated this allegation and what their findings were, they simply explained to us what the document was and were very patronizing as to why uh, we didn't need to worry about the document that uh, to trust them, they would trust look them. into it. Trust us. We're the FBI. We're, we're not corrupt. Trust us. We'll, we'll go ahead and look into it, but you shouldn't. Don't you worry about it. Because we looked into those shell game, those shell corporations so, so deeply. We're going to look into this just like we looked into that. Just trust us. Does anybody in this country trust the FBI? Does anybody trust the Department of Justice? I don't care if you're liberal or not. Why would you trust either one of them? Here's what Biden does to you when you dare speak the truth about his performance or his policies. Eric Adams is a black mayor of New York City. Governor Abbott in Texas has been busing illegal aliens crossing the border into Texas up to New York City since Eric Adams is the mayor of a sanctuary city. Well, give sanctuary to these illegals like you're supposed to. Well, for months now, Eric Adams hasn't liked that. And he has been out, excuse me, outspoken against Biden's policies. There's a crisis right now, and that crisis should be coordinated by the national government. We are speaking directly to the Biden administration. The national government has turned its back on New York City. This is in the lap of the president of the United States. This is the irresponsibility of the White House for not uh, addressing this problem. Uh-oh. Sure enough, right on cue, Eric Adams was removed from a federal advisory board. Biden's brazenly bigoted, isn't he? 
I don't that black bastard. I'm getting him off here. How dare him cross me? You can almost imagine that was the conversation. And all of a sudden, Eric Adams, a minority mayor in New York City, is tagged because he dared to cross Biden the bigot. Now imagine for a moment if Eric Adams were a Republican and Donald Trump were president and Eric Adams spoke out against a policy of Donald Trump's and Donald Trump removed him from an advisory board right away. How many times would every one of these networks call Donald Trump a racist? But they don't call Biden that. And the funny part is Biden is a true racist. It's not hyperbole as Biden likes to say. Uh, No, I'm serious. I am serious. You're a racist bigot. You hate the black community, and you just proved it again. Why would Eric Adams be removed from an advisory committee? Because he said, this falls squarely on the lap of the president. Do your job. Can't have that. Can't have dissent among the ranks. Once again, censorship on full display by the Nazi regime that controls the White House. As I've always said, they'll go after their own. You know, we, we, we say all the time that the Democrats stick together. But when one of them speaks their mind, they're immediately ostracized and destroyed if they can. If they can destroy Eric Adams, they will. Now, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian, would seem to disagree with Eric Adams. He said it's all the White House's fault, but that's not what she said. Again, we're using the tools that are available to us because Congress refuses to do their job when it, as it relates to the border. Now, she never mentions the tools she's using. She's a tool, of course, but she never mentions the tools that Biden's supposedly using. All I know is this. She says Congress refuses to do its job. I mentioned earlier, just yesterday, the House of Representatives, Republicans, all voting for, Democrats all voting against, a bill that codified the Remain in Mexico plan that President Trump had in place, that Biden got rid of. Biden, for his part, is using the tool of the veto to veto that bill. He has already said he'll veto it. So if that's the tool that Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian, is referring to, then Biden is using his tool. Tools use tools. He's going to veto a bill that would force these people to remain in Mexico until their hearings. Is that kind of all you need to know? It's Congress's fault. No. Congress has just solved a big part of the problem. And it should be pointed out by all Republicans that it was along party lines. All Republicans voted in favor. All Democrats voted against. So when the Democrats tell you that they want to solve immigration, no, they don't. Another lie. But my favorite is that lunatic congressman from Georgia, Hank Johnson, His theory for allowing illegal aliens in is who in the hell is going to cook for us if we don't let them in? Those folk who are coming across are the ones who are helping to put food on our table. Without them, we're not able to eat. (laughs) Get over here, Jose. Cook for me. Damn you. I can't eat if it wasn't for you getting in this country. I wouldn't know what to do. I wonder if Hank Johnson can, like, you know, rinse off an apple and eat the apple without Jose's help. I guess not. 
because he said we, we wouldn't eat without these people. Now, keep in mind that Hank Johnson, who referred to them as folk, without these folk, he also said this about Guam. My, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. I don't even know how you respond to that. The liberals love to talk about mental illness. If that's not mental illness on display, I don't know what is. Honestly, I don't know what is. Because if you're not mentally ill when you say that, you're morbidly stupid. Those are the only two choices. Which would you rather be? I'd rather be called mentally ill. This dumbass actually said that he's worried about Guam becoming too populated by military bases so that it would tip over, capsize into the ocean. I mean, I I don't even know how you respond to that except to say that people in Georgia are so brain-dead stupid, it's scary. Georgia has sent Hank Johnson and those two senators, one is a communist, a professed communist, the other is a radical racist, Warnock, those are three people Georgia has sent to Washington. What's in the water down in Georgia? Nothing but imbeciles voting down there. No, Hank, let me put you your fears to rest. Guam will not tip over. It's not going to capsize no matter how many people you put on it. Even if you put all the people on one side of the island, it's not going to turn over. Oh, my God in heaven. Somebody help me. Somebody, please help me. Now, you'd think that with this crisis on the border upon us now, that the White House is having meetings nonstop to come up with a plan. Of course, they should have already had a plan, but they didn't. They don't. They never will. Stephen Miller, do you think they're having meetings? Oh, I'm sure they have meetings, many of them. But the purpose of those meetings is to figure out how they can demolish our border and to bring as many illegal immigrants into this country as humanly possible. Under President Trump, we had a flawless system. If you crossed the border illegally, you were either detained and deported, you were sent, as you said, to a safe third nation, or you were returned to Mexico, either under MPP or you were expelled under Title 42. That's it. There was no other option. You would not, under any circumstance, be released, except if you were going to the emergency room in a truly exigent medical circumstance. When Joe Biden came in, he switched the policy from detain and deport to catch and release. That's pretty simple. That's how it all happened. Thank you, Stephen Miller. We appreciate that. Now, a guy that the liberals like to push forward as a possible presidential candidate, Gavin Newsom, hair gel boy out in California, is running around because he's so illiterate he couldn't solve anything, promising reparations to all the black people, and uh, he got ahead of himself when he bragged about him being such a progressive person. I think it was Pericles who said, we do not imitate, for we are a model of the world. Now, that's a little braggadocious. I like the spirit of what you guys are saying. This is not just about California. This is about making an impact in a dent across the rest of the country. It's a little braggadocious because I'm making a dent across the whole country with my reparations bullcrap. I'm never going to pay it, but nobody knows that. Pericles doesn't even know it.
whoever Pericles is. But now all of a sudden, Newsom's sort of back-checking this. Dealing with that legacy, he says, is about much more than cash payments. Uh Uh-oh. Black people, hold your hats. You're not about to get a penny. And then Newsom's team comes out and says, no, no, wait a minute. He's not backing away from cash payments. But he wants to wait for the report in its entirety to arrive on his desk before he makes any decision. Oh, now he hasn't made a decision. That's interesting. Sure sounded like he did because he said it was somewhat braggadocious. Effing liar. I don't know if you've been following the subway case in New York City. Alvin Bragg is at it again. He illegally charges President Trump. Now he's essentially illegally charging Daniel Penny, a former Marine, who put a lunatic threatening people's lives on the subway into a chokehold and held on. The guy died. Nothing was intentional, of course. And now Alvin Bragg, who initially, his office again, initially decided not to charge Daniel Penny, has a change of heart when he saw protesters. At At his very heart, at his very core, Alvin Bragg is a chicken shit. He initially sees cases and understands the law. Oh, there's no, nothing wrong here, nothing wrong with Trump, nothing wrong here with Daniel Penny. But then when the crap hits the fan, Alvin Bragg runs for cover. I'll charge them both. I know they didn't do anything, but I'll charge them. I'll keep the wolves at bay. Leo Terrell understands that because Jordan Neely is black and Daniel Penny, the Marine, is white, we've got a race issue. This is a racially charged prosecution. It's because the defendant is black and the Marine is white. That's, I, I want to be clear about that. And the, the individuals who assisted this Marine were people of color. So I think this case is going to go nowhere, but the motivation is based on race. Carpe diem, Leo Terrell. He misspoke momentarily there. He said the defendant was um, black. The defendant's white. Uh, the supposed victim is black. The shit disturber is black. But people that helped the Marine are black. Uh Uh-oh. Now what do we have? We have another embarrassing New York criminal charge that will go nowhere. However, it will cause Daniel Penny some severe hardship financially, for sure, unless some lawyer with a conscience steps forward to defend him and not charge him. It will also get Alvin Bragg political points with the freaks up in New York. And he's hoping that George Soros will stop paying thugs to come and destroy the city and threaten everybody's life on the subway. He hopes the thugs stop. By the way, I'm calling some black people thugs, white people too. So if, um, which liberal did I play you earlier got their balls in an uproar because Donald Trump referred to a black cop as a thug? That's what these people are. I don't care what color they are. Newt Gingrich sitting back watching all of this. Describe what the left is for us, Newt, as you only you can. Uh, what you have on the left is a group of fantasizers uh, who thought that the Russian hoax was real. They thought that the uh, intelligence community attack on the Hunter Biden uh, laptop was real. Uh, you go down the list. Every time they turn around, they know Trump is bad. They wake up in the morning chanting Trump is bad. They go to bed at night chanting Trump is bad. And they're shocked 
to find out that more and more Americans don't agree with them. That's exactly what's going on. That's all they know. They don't l- listen closely for any liberal when they speak to give you a solution to anything. They only know a couple of things. Blame someone else, usually Republicans, MAGA Republicans. Blame Donald Trump or call all of them a racist. That's all they do. They never have a solution to anything. And when someone else has a solution, if it's Donald Trump, they will reject it. Now, Tucker Carlson is still off the air, but Brian Stelter, the deposed Humpty Dumpty from CNN, has an idea of what Tucker on Twitter is going to mean. This move by Tucker may cement the idea of Twitter as a right-wing website, and we see some users trying to go off to other sites instead. Maybe folks who don't want to be a part of that party going off trying to launch other parties elsewhere. But Carlson, you know, he is a prominent figure. He can bring a lot of content. What he cannot do is make $20 million a year the way he was making at Fox. Well, first of all, he will make more than that if he goes out on his own. Secondly, he wasn't making $20 million a year at Fox. So everything Stelter said there was incorrect. Every single thing. But he's Brian Stelter. When has he ever been known to know anything? And then he decided to weigh in on, on advertisers staying with Tucker or not. The short answer is no. Carlson was radioactive. He was a drag on Fox's profits. So I don't see how Twitter would be any different for, for Carlson and Musk. A drag on Fox's profits. Tucker Carlson had the number one primetime show in America for years. That's not a drag on someone's profits. That's a boon to your profits. And he was still at the height of his powers in terms of audience draw when they let him go. They can't, well, when they canceled his show. And then we have to close the, the, the segment this morning with a good laugh at, uh, another Hollywood actress gone bonkers. Charlize Theron. Have you seen this? She's now a spokesperson for the drag queens of America. She's all about the drag queens. And by the way, if you're not, she has a threat for you. We corner and we've got you and I will fuck anybody up who's like trying to fuck with anything with you guys. It's really in all seriousness. There's so many things that are hurting and really killing our kids. And we all know what I'm talking about right now. And it ain't no drag queen because if you've ever seen a drag queen lip sync for her life. Yeah. It only makes you happier. It only makes you love more. It makes you a better person. Fuck, if I could do a death drop right now, I would. But I would probably, like, break my hip. But, do it. and I, yeah! yeah! Listen, I want to uh, ask everybody out there, please, please support all the great organizations that are out there helping all of this nonsense going away like it should. All of these incredibly stupid policies. Bye. Bye. No more room for hate. Only love. And love equals drag This is the United States of America. Do you ever think it was going to come to this? First of all, have you noticed this morning that these liberals have a very limited vocabulary? The F word is very prevalent in everything they say. She's going to F us up if we don't like drag queens. You are? What are you going to do to me? You're going to beat me up? Ooh, wow, Charlize Theron's going to beat me up. Or is she going to call her mom? 
her mom shot her father dead. Maybe he'll, maybe she'll shoot me dead. Is that what she means? Cause she did kill her father. Maybe that's what she meant, but she wants love for the drag queens. And she, of course, didn't identify what stupid policies she was talking about. We can only assume she means the responsible policies of states like Florida, Texas, who are removing sexually perverted books from kids' bookshelves in public schools ages kindergarten through third grade. That's really stupid to do that. But she said, if you have heard a drag queen lip sing, it makes you happy. You'll be a lot happier. So if I feel bad, if I lose any more money, thanks to Joe Biden, I'll just go watch a drag queen lip sync and I'll be much happier. That's what Charlize Theron said after all. And who could doubt her? (laughs) You know, it's sad for me because I used to like watching movies. So I still watch the old ones. But I watch them at home. There's no going to the theater much anymore. A, they're not making any good movies. But B... These kind of people, they'll never make a good movie. They're too hung up on drag queens. They're a pack of sick people. There isn't any doubt about that. Liberalism is a mental disease. We've known it for a long, long time. And they give us evidence every single day, every single time they open their mouths. Let me give you some evidence about a company that gives you a tremendous product and backs it up. Window World. I have Window World windows. The Blues have them as their preferred window. The Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions, have them as their official window. 314-993-1800 is the number to call. They'll come out to your house and give you a free in-home estimate. 314-993-1800. Prove to you that they're simply the best for less, which they are, because the price is obvious. We've checked it. We've had listeners and friends who've checked it. The competition and Window World. Same windows, same number of windows. If you buy the Window World windows instead of the competition, you'll spend a third less. A third less. So if you're buying $3,000 worth of windows with the competition, you'll be paying 1000 for the same windows with Window World. That sounds insane, and it is, but it's true. We've checked it. 314-993-1800. I got their windows because hail broke through my windows. I don't fear hail anymore because Window World offers me a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. That's right, glass breakage. I said it. Window World uses double-strength glass. That's why they can do that. That's why I don't fear hailstorms. They also offer you 18 months same-as-cash financing with approved credit. Call them for that free in-home estimate, 314-993-1800. And Window World will take care of you just like they took care of me. It's about as good as it gets, folks. Time for a little reminder of what the flag is all about. And we'll be right back in the Window World King's Court after this. I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench. An old man was sitting there. I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down. He said... No, it'll do for our little town. I said, your old flagpole has leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat. And I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? 
I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key said, watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans with Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams. And it almost fell at the Alamo beside the Texas flag, but she waved on though. She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville, and she got cut again at Shiloh Hill. There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg, and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hole from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam, and now they've about quit waving back here at home. In her own good land here, she's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied, refused. And the government for which she stands is scandalized throughout the land. And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin, but she's in good shape for the shape she's in. Because she's been through the fire before. And I believe she can take a whole lot more. So we raise her up every morning. We take her down every night. We don't let her touch the ground, and we fold her up right. On second thought, I do like to brag, because I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag. Welcome you back in, Kevin Slayton, with you on this Friday morning, the day the Lord created. That's right. Monday will be here soon enough, the day the liberals created. We hate that day. But this is Friday, so we enjoy our Fridays right here on our show. This is, of course, the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Don't forget, you've made us in the top 5% of podcasts worldwide, and our phone lines are open for you anytime, 636 538 you can continue to make us climb the ladder even higher by simply Googling Kevin Slayton King's Court. Scroll down to the Apple reference, and there'll be three dots. Click on it, say that you follow, and then scroll down to make a comment or write a review, whatever it says, and just write whatever you want. It doesn't have to be positive, negative. It doesn't it Just a couple of words is fine. For whatever reason, that registers and helps us. So we appreciate that. If you do that, you don't have to do it once. You can do it every day if you want. It only takes 45 seconds. So if you want to keep us going and you enjoy the show and what we do, then we appreciate you doing that 
in return for us. That's all we ask. We keep our promises here. Remember, we were a subscription show, and I said when we built it up enough where I could get rid of the prescription, I would, and we did. And so that's why we're available free now and have been for quite some time. Had the opportunity to go on 590 The Fan yesterday with Nate, who's on middays over there, and we discussed Cardinal baseball, and that was a lot of fun. We had to put the local media in their place. Nate is about the only guy around who is, in this town anyway, other than myself, who actually isn't afraid of the local sports teams. By the way, Bill DeWitt III, I mentioned on Monday, had said he could come on later this week. And he texted me last night, and he cannot come on uh, today, of course, or this week because he got so busy that he just got caught up. But he, he said, I'm not trying to die. In fact, I'll read you his text just so that anybody who thinks, oh, he's dodging you, he's not. He said, Kevin, sorry, I'm not trying to dodge you. Those are the first words out of his mouth. I've just had a super busy week. Next week I should be able to find a day that works if you're good with that. So we'll do it next week, and uh, that'll be fun. That will be a lot of fun. And I think you'll enjoy uh, Bill DeWitt the third. I know I always do when he's on. But Nate is a, is a good uh, is a good guy to listen to over there at five ninety the fan. He gets his points across, that's for sure. And it's good. But the rest of the town is so lame. It's just bad, bad radio. We've just got so many ass kissers. And I don't understand that. I really don't. Nate Lucas is the only guy. Our phone lines are open, as we said, 636-538-0746. You heard Stelter pontificating on Tucker. He was on one of these MSNBC shows, and this host by the name of Tom Costello, uh, very bizarre, was asking him, and, and I thought it was strange, but the exact question that he asked Stelter was what I thought was so typical of liberal media. Will anybody be able to police what Carlson says at Twitter? Or is that the point? Is it just a free-for-all? To which Stelter replied, I think that is the point. It's a free-for-all. It's what Elon Musk wants to provide. This move by Tucker may cement the idea of Twitter as a right-wing website. Once again, an example of liberals fighting to censor everything out there. Will anybody be able to police what Carlson says? That's the question. Do you think any conservative would ever say, will anybody be able to police what Joy Reid the bigot says? No, because we understand she's full of crap, she's very stupid, and she's a racist. So I don't care what she says. I don't I don't want to make any effort to stop her from saying what she says. My point is, let those kind of people talk. It's good for us. 
A, we really look smart by comparison. And B, it lets the country know what they're all about. We don't want to censor people. Conservatives don't believe in censorship. We believe in free speech. It's called the First Amendment. But that's the question of a guy on a network to a guest of his. Will anybody be able to police what Carlson says? Wow. That's how bad it's getting. They now openly, remember when they used to deny that they tried to censor anything? No, we don't do that. Except that they do, and they have been doing it. And it's my guess that they'll never stop doing it. Good morning, Nick. How are you? Hello, Nick. Hey, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I, uh, I'm glad I get to talk to you. Well, I'm glad you called. Uh, so have, have you been on Twitter lately, or do you, did you do that? I'm not on Twitter, no. Uh-uh. I, I went on one time. And I got real tired real fast of the lunatics that were on there, the, the the keyboard warriors who have keyboard courage, you know, those kind. Right. Well, I get some pretty uh, highbrow liberals on there. And I just can't I just can't believe their tone. These people think that they are God's answer to everything. They really they do. And, and by the way, uh, they think they should have the right to censor you. Yeah, which is the most amazing thing because, you know, I'm 55 years old now, and I remember in the 70s going next door to my ultra-liberal friend's house, and they actually wanted to hear the other side of the story. That's Yeah, that's stunning. Those days are over, by the way, as you well know. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And these people, yet they still call themselves liberal. And they, and they used to tell me, you know, Nick, uh, I don't agree with what so-and-so says, but I'll, I'll fight to let him say it. And then they'd explain to me why that was necessary, why you needed to have every voice and let the marketplace of ideas separate the lunatics from the correct people. And, you know, I'd go and talk to them. And sometimes I might be able to persuade them. And sometimes they might be able to persuade me, but we never called each other names. You know? Yeah, that never... those days have gone now because if you differ from them, they try to stop you from talking, period. They don't just say, we disagree with you, we want to persuade you to our way of thinking. They say, you got to stop talking. Uh, you're not worthy of being able to speak in this country. Someone needs to police you and censor you. Uh, that's that's They really believe that, and I just gave another example of it. Kevin, they, uh, they have this group that was going around to these school boards. It was a shadow group. It was going around these school boards. We're seeing who was speaking out, and then they were trying to get these people fired from their jobs. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? It's amazing. And then they call us fascists. They call us, you know, yeah, truth deniers and what have you. I'm, what you just you know, described I, sounds like fascism to me. <laughs> exactly. They have, you know, they have their own arm, their own brown shirt army of these anti-fascists as they call themselves and I mean and then they bring up their credentials I've got a PhD from the Slappy Woo you know (laughs) as if that matters right and I mean do you think any of these people could change a tire I am extremely doubtful that they could change a tire and I mean that with with all sincerity I know I I know most of them can't 
My God, all they've ever done in their life is be, get paid to go out and protest and scream and yell and bitch and tear things down, set things on fire. That's all they do. That's that, that's their life. Can you imagine that being your life's work? No, I can't. <laughs> no, I don't think any sane person can. And yet they do, and they get paid for it. And that's the difference between then and now. Then, back then, no one was paying them to do it, so that no one, almost never would they even do it. Now, they pay them to do it, so the lazy asses who used to just hide in mommy's basement are out there on the subway tracks trying to stop the trains. They're burning city buildings down because they're getting paid to do it now by the screwball billionaire lefties. I am so surprised that none of those morons didn't touch the third rail on that subway train. I am too. That was probably accidental that they didn't. But hope, hopefully, here's what I've said, and I mean this with all my heart. Run them over. Just simply run them over. Because they're they're going to st- have a, a subway train come to a sudden halt where somebody's going to go flying in the car and hit their head, hit their shoulder, knock into somebody. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody might die. So in, in, in trading off an innocent life for a thug's life, I make that trade every day. And then, guess what will happen, Nick? You won't see those people on those subway tracks anymore. No. Just like uh, people don't close down the, the streets in Missouri anymore now that they said you can run into them. Exactly. Once they said that, they go away. And that's what I said all along. Run them over. You're going to block my highway? I'm not going to come to a sudden halt for you. Get to, I don't, I'm not stupid enough to go out in the middle of a highway and stand there. No, it's, it's insane. Well, to change topics, it's, don't you think it's funny that the top three home run hitters are all Yankees? Well, they always are because the Yankees recruit and sign a bunch of slow-pitch softball players who can just bash the ball, but they can't hit for any yeah. average. No, I mean, I Judge, mean, Judge uh, does every now and that then. That Stockton guy, didn't he get 62 last year? Aaron Judge did. And he Judge, hits, and then he Maris hits. got 61 as a Yankee, and then Ruth got 60. So they have the three highest home run hitters in history. Well, they have Judge and Ruth. Who who else did you say? Maris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Roger Maris. I forgot about Roger Maris. How can I forget Roger Maris? Uh, right? Yeah. I, I I still cast a suspicious eye on Judge because I think if the players aren't used, and I think most of them are, the balls and the bats most certainly are, and every player I know who's played in the past tells me that's the case. I, I could see these guys getting juiced. Have you ever seen anyone this, these these types of sizes? No, never in my life. And I mean, that's why there's so many injuries in football because everybody's juiced, everybody's gigantic, and they run like the wind. You look at the old films of old football. These guys weren't like they couldn't run like that. They weren't juiced up like that. So when a collision occurred, it wasn't devastating like it is now. It's insane. I mean, I, I was pretty fast. I had like high four or five speed. And I would but you I weren't. Meet, but you weren't six five two seventy. What was that? You weren't six five two seventy with a four five forty. No, but and they the are other today. Thing was, it was few and far between when I found someone who could outrun me. Right, but my point is today the six five the six five two seventy guy runs a four five, and that's simply yeah. because of steroids. I, I've, I've never seen guys this big move like that. Never, never. They run like gazelles, and they're as big as a freight train. Yeah, and you know, and they're considered, and the four or five guys are considered slow. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, you're not fast enough, son. Wait a minute, I run a four three. You're not fast enough. 
You better get bigger and stronger. That's what coaches tell. I've, I've talked to a guy who played college football, and he told me that he knew the code language to go take steroids from the coaches. It was always, you need to get bigger and stronger and faster. That means go do your steroids like a yeah, good boy. It's the only way you can do it. I mean, you can stretch a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you so, can you can work with a track coach. You can do, uh, you know, some exercises to maybe strengthen yourself. But, you know, other than that, it's going to be the lab is going to make you bigger, faster, and stronger. Yeah. And, of Giant course, it will, you will die sooner as well. Oh, of course. And be more injured. Yeah, you'll have, the funny thing is you'll have more injuries. That's so true. It's, it's amazing. And uh, oh, I have one more thing for you. I should have written it down. I always should. Oh, I wanted to ask you, how's your health doing? Health is good, Nick. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Had a uh, stent put in uh, the Widowmaker artery, which was 75% blocked, so that was a scare. But uh, doing well now. Always trying to, you know, bring my weight under control. Everybody needs to do that, so I'm one of them too. But I'm I'm doing much better on that too. Well, good. Because I was, uh, you know, I always have trouble logging on and stuff like this because electronics blow up in my hand. <laughs> but, a, uh, yeah, well, join my club. Right. And I, and I couldn't get you for a couple of days, and I was, you know, a little worried. Well, I, might, I, noticed... uh, I did take some time off too. I went down to Florida for a few days, so that, that could have happened. No, I only took one one day off for the procedure, but I was gone a few days to go to Florida. Yeah, and uh, and then I heard that you had had the procedure on the on the next show that you were back, and I was like, "Holy smokes, we almost lost our sleep." Well, yeah, thank God. You know, God, well, God warned me by waking me up all night. I couldn't breathe, and uh, rather than be a stupid ass, I went to the doctor right away. That's good. Thank the Lord. Right. I've never understood a fear of going to the doctor. You know, guys are that way, though. You know, hey, go to the doctor. I'm not going to the doctor. Okay, then just die. Yeah, one of uh, one of my buddies' older brother was walking around. He couldn't move. The guy had the constitution of a horse. He couldn't move for like two or three days and was really fatigued and everything, and then he dropped dead. It ha- you know, those are warning signs. I mean, I remember Carl Lewis, the sprinter, if you remember him, Yep. I heard him talking one time about, you know, when injuries and the like, and he said, one thing I learned long ago is listen to your body. Your body is speaking to you. And if you listen to it, you will be able to head off most of the problems. And I think he's right. I, I believe he's right as well. You have to hear what's going on and be, yeah. be part, of a, part of the solution with you. But, I mean, now I can understand the uh, – hesitancy to go see a doctor you might end up with four or five jabs in well you just tell them no but what what i what i get a kick out of are people who say you know it always hurts when i do this well don't do that (laughs) that's that's pretty simple (laughs) you know if i i was stupid enough one time i was playing in a charity golf tournament and it was for a soccer player who had passed away and so on one particular hole part three they had you kick your drive a kick a soccer ball for your drive Right. And so the, I said to the three guys I was playing, I said, I'm not doing that. You know, I haven't kicked the soccer ball in years. That, that that has a recipe for disaster written all over it. So they just barely nubbed the ball, these three guys. So, oh, God. I, all right. Got One guy says, you used to kick it a long way. I said, yeah, I used to is the operative phrase there 30 years ago. So I go and, and lay back and try to drill one, and immediately I could feel the pop. My hamstring popped. I'm sorry, my groin. <laughs> I tore my groin, uh, a yeah, level four tear. 
it was on the verge of needing surgery, but that was brutally painful. <laughs> so again, hey, you know what? When I kick a soccer ball, I tear my groin. Well, then don't kick a soccer ball. Right. Or, or you know, train for it for a couple weeks. Right. Yeah, actually start going out and kicking a little bit at a time, and then maybe you can tee off on one. Right. So uh, I also wanted to ask you about your friend, E. Wrongy Rongenstein. Have you come across him lately? No, I haven't. <laughs> but That's there are a lot of, of them other out ones there. There is, Kevin. There's a lot of them out there, Nick. Yeah, there, there are. I can't, like I said, I can't believe the arrogance of these people, the ineptitude, and uh, and just their their sense of self righteousness. The self righteousness is amazing. It it truly is. I I don't uh, I don't quite get it. I don't know where they're coming from with that because they really are not intellectually superior to anyone. And so the self-righteousness might come from someone who is smart, but when you're not smart, what are you self-righteous about? It's, it's, I, you know, we, we've been talking for years and I used to be like, Oh no, we're going to come together and we're going to this and that. And these guys are going to come see the light. I'm starting to get in the camp where I'm not so sure that that's what's going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. And I, I've never believed in a unified country. I believe in the free exchange of different ideas. That's what makes us better. And so if you, if everybody thinks the same, now you're, now you're Stepford people and nobody wants that, or at least sane people don't want that. I shouldn't say nobody because liberals would love that. And when did they start shilling for the FBI? Weren't they the ones yeah. you were telling me that the FBI killed Kennedy? Absolutely. They, they used to, they used to be anti FBI, anti everything government. Now they're pro government 100%. They love the FBI because the FBI is a liberal stronghold and then the FBI is as corrupt as the day is long. Somewhere along the line, like for instance, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not really a Democrat anymore. Uh, he's an old school Democrat. He's not one of these people. And so that's why they hate him. Sure. And he's telling the truth about the CIA killing his uncle. Yeah, he told the truth about killing his uncle, and he told the truth about the vaccine. Two of their favorite topics, and he told the truth about both of them. So they don't like hearing that kind of crap. Now, we don't want to be exposed here. Stop it. Hey, Nick, i got to run. It's great hearing from you. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Keep, keep yourself safe. You bet. You too, and uh, have a great weekend. We'll talk at you next week. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Nick. Appreciate the call. All right, folks, that is going to wrap us up for today and for the week. We thank you for listening in all week. And we're back fighting the good fight for you on Monday morning, 7 o'clock Central Time, right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Don't forget the podcast will be here on our website. It will also be available at Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, Anchor, and any place you listen to podcasts. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, including Margaret Mary O'Connor Slayton. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs>